0: Welcome to the Yeshiva Shalmaila. This is David Lichtenstein. We'll be speaking about the elections in Hashkafa. There are many people who are alarmed at the impending, you know, appointment of uh, Joe Biden as our new president. It's not clear yet. This was taped before the uh, all the court, etc., etc. But I'm working under that assumption. I'm going arrive So we'll be speaking about that. We'll be speaking again, we'll have the tapes with, we have a very interesting conversation with Joel Lieberman, who is Eid Echad Nemem He's an Eid Echad Kasher Shemitei who knows Biden, I think he said for 30 years. Um, let's hear his opinion about Biden. As always, if you'd like to send in a comment, 732-806-8700, and for comments it's 2, Or you can email us, info at headlinesbook.com. We do put up the comments and the letters online where readers or listeners can access them unless you request otherwise. Before we go there, I want to talk about the fear, the alarm that people have about, you know, the possibility or the probability that Trump will not be our new president. Here's a voice clip asking everybody to dive in for Trump. I hope this message goes viral. I just got a message from the Trump team. They asked for prayers to get stepped up now. Prayers are needed now. Please forward this a million times. I know there were people saying till all day. They were fearful. But here's the pasik. Lev melech Paul gave in Mishle. Here's what the Mefarshim say. Here's the problem. Lev melech what does that mean? Everybody has their own Bechira. How could it be Leiv Melech, B'yad Hashem? So the Mepar all still on this. Here's the album. Hagam shelev Adam haprati Nosen bershusa. Everybody's own heart is their own, it's under their auspices. V'ha Biade b'yaday Loikein lev Acher melech Achar shebebechira seito Since there are so many others whose lives are given over to the kings, V'im yivchar b'derekh ra yashchis rabbim vatzumim l'chein libai hubiyad Hashem mishulol habechira. The bechira is taken away from a leiv melech. A leiv melech, Rabbi, like Rav Hotta once said, he once said, he said there was an asifah in Varsha, and nimnu vagamru that ruba deruba the rabbi nishraelam fiat the welt. That's what the malbim says, and Rabbi Ninyoyn says the same thing. I said the malbim first, total clear, even though Rabbi Ninyoyn, of course, should be koydemoy as since he says Hashem yes. So therefore, he says Hashem Es Liboy Yitera, and therefore he says when it comes to our tefillas, unlike this woman who was saying we should daven for Trump. He says, "Roy shetia magamas penehalavavoy liiras Hashem." We have to fear Hashem, not the Melech. The loy liiras chamas Hamelech. Ume Hashem yevakei shrachem, the eloh yitzape, the yisan einav, not to the uh, to the Melech, right? What does Daral Bag say over there? He says, "Who kumay shliach Hashem yisparach b'mashi asayu b'dvar Malchus? ki ilu ha'yapoy la Melech." If the actions of the king were up to his own volitions, he could say, Therefore, it's amazing. They basically say, a melech has minimal bechira. And let me go to a few examples of this. I'm not going to go to the Nevi'im. There are examples there too. But I'm going to go more since we're talking politics. I'll go toward it politics. Let me give you a few examples. It's hard to imagine... In our lifetime, a president who was more revered by the Jews than FDR. And I'm talking about the Framid, and I'm talking about the Jewish and Ummah as a whole. 85% of Jews voted for FDR. Well, during FDR's last term in office, the Holocaust occurred. And word got out from the concentration camps. Jews were dying. Millions of Jews. So in 1943, something happened. The rabbis' march Wikipedia actually has the rabbi's march. It was a demonstration to support Allied action to stop the destruction of European Jewry. It took place in Washington, October 6th, 1943. A lot of rabbonim were there. Kalmanovich was there. Um, Reblazer R- R- Silva. 400 rabbis, the Union of Orthodox rabbis, United States and Canada, from all over they came. And they came to the White House. They were informed that the president was busy all day. It was later learned, according to Wikipedia, that Roosevelt had several free hours in the afternoon. 400 Zikne stood outside by the locked gates. Within, you know, a guard with his shoulders stretched back, his chin out, eyes looking into the distance, 400 Rabbanim. Imagine the sight. And what was going on in Europe during this time? Here's a clip, what Roosevelt could have done. Roosevelt, who the Jews loved so much, they called him Franklin Delano Rosenfeld, right? This is what historians say, some historians say, about what he could have done to prevent some of the murder in Europe by bombing the tracks that led to the concentration camps.
1: We now know the Allies
0: had access to certain information very early on. And that proof of this becomes more plentiful, clear and more frightening every year. Some of these documents long remained official secrets and are as shocking as they are disturbing. Yes, Churchill, Roosevelt, de Gaulle, and Stalin knew much more about the elimination of Jews than the 1945 footage of the liberation of the Death camps lets on but was knowing enough to take action. That is the question. So here it is Lave Malachim. Franklin Delano Rosenfeld, 85% of the Jewish vote, didn't turn out so well. We got the person we wanted. And here's the exact opposite. Harry Truman, unrevered by the Jews, an anti-Semite towards the Jewish people as a whole. Here's what they, you can read this online, what they found in his library, really astonishing statements of his. He delivered a furious anti-Semitic polemic number of them in his diary. The Jews, mused Truman, are very, very selfish. They don't care how many Latvians, Poles, Greeks get murdered or mistreated as long as the Jews get special treatment. Yet when they have power, political, financial, physical, listen to this, astonishing, neither Hitler or Stalin these are the two biggest murderers in history, has anything on them for cruelty or mistreatment of the underdog. He said the Jews treat the underdog just as Hitler and Stalin treated their people. Could you imagine a bigger Sinas Yisrael, a bigger Sayini Yisrael than this? Why do I say Lev Malachem Yad Hashem? Because in the creation of the State of Israel, Truman's Secretary of State, Marshall, that's sort of the famously of the Marshall Plan, was furiously opposed. He threatened to quit if Truman would back the motion in the United Nations for the state of Israel, which without it, the United Nations vote would not have passed. And what happened, a miracle, when Harry Truman was a young man, he worked in a bank. There was a Jewish gentleman whose parents were from, his mother lit candles, he grew up in a kosher house, he went to show his two brothers were from, named Eddie Jacobson, used to bank there, and he bumped into Harry Truman. This is 19, beginning of 1900, and they became friends. They sort of hit it off to the point. They went to the army together, and in the army, they opened the canteen together. Truman said on, Harry, on Eddie Jacobson, who was not from, who didn't wear a yarmulke, he's my brother. 1948. They're trying to get the UN resolution passed. They need the United States. President Weitzman of Israel calls up Eddie Jacobson. He says, please convince him to go against Marshall, the, the entire State Department. This fellow who, except for you, towards the Israeli, the Jewish people, did not have kind thoughts. He compared them to Hitler and Stalin. Listen to this clip from President Harry Truman describing how Eddie Jacobson changed his mind
1: Dr. Weitzman had been trying to get in all along, and I wouldn't let him in. But someone did come to see me, and he got in. His name was Eddie Jacobson. He came in, he stood around, didn't say very much, was as quiet as he could be. And I finally said, Eddie, what in the
0: world's matter with you? Have you at last come to get something? Well, because you never have asked me for anything since I've been in the White House and since we've been friends. And then he told
1: me that he thought that I ought not to keep Dr. Weitzman out of the White House.
0: So what do I say? I say, Lev Malachem, B'yat Hashem. Like the ral says, don't daven for the president. right? In fact, the, the Urayim says, a person should not daven for a particular event because he never knows what's right. Lev Malachem, Beyat Hashem. Ruba the Shalom Feteveld. Here's my second point. We had on the only from a person who could say aides on this. Joe Lieberman, who's a Shimatai Tyra has a son-in-law in, in Kylo, says he knew Biden for decades. And here are some of the things he says about Biden. Many people in the Orthodox community are really scared about the possibility of a Biden-Harris presidency and its impact on Israel. Could you speak to that? And, and as an addendum to that, like the squad, quote-unquote, or the left wing of the Democratic yeah. Party, how dangerous are they towards Israel and ultimately its survival?
1: Yeah, so it's a, it's a big question, David. Let me, let me say that um start with a kind of reassurance uh, based on my uh, 24 years in the U.S. Senate and on keeping in touch with um, what's happening in Washington and the people there for the 7 years uh, since I retired from the Senate. So, uh in my opinion, the uh, there there remain strong bipartisan uh, majorities in support of Israel in both houses of Congress. And historically that's important because presidents of the United States come and go. I know Joe Biden for more than 40 years and I served with him uh, for 24 years in the Senate and uh Apart from his positive personal characteristics, he's a good man, he's a great family man, honorable man, religious man. Uh, he has a long-standing pro-Israel record. So um, I don't think he's going to... He's He is the nominee of the party, and of course if he should get elected, he, the, he is the boss of the Democratic Party. So I can't imagine a circumstance under which... the the Democratic Party under Joe Biden would become an anti-Israel party. Uh, Now, in fairness, I want to say that what what is so, which is that uh, President Trump has been extremely pro-Israel. There's been so much um, antipathy towards the Trump administration, I mean, just like hatred, that you
0: have to wonder how much of a backlash is there going to be if there's a Democratic president just so much just to strike back, like so much pent up anger, right? And I'm curious, Iran being one of them, do you think the embassy will be removed? Like, where do you see the, you know, the New York Times and its cohorts, like the just the rage of the media?
1: Where is yeah. that going to? How do you see about what type of a backlash do you think is possible or realistic? Joe Biden is not a vengeful person, so he will not. Um he, he will not try to strike back at Trump or all the ideas that Trump had but now that's not to say that he may he may not uh, change the policy that President Trump has had toward Iran, which I think has been exactly the right policy and if Biden's elected, i'll do everything I can to try to convince him and the people around him that uh, Iran doesn't deserve to That agreement that Obama negotiated with them in 2015.
0: And why is this important? Because we all hear fake news, fake news. (laughs) L'halacha, Joe Lieberman is an aid echad and he's neman. He would have to be mekabal hazeideth to be mater naguna, mater neishishish ho'ayram. So he's telling us, I think what he says is is powerful. It's not fake news, it's aid echad neman. Rabbi Say, what are your thoughts? 732-806-8700, press number two. That's for what the Beneha Yeshiva have to say. Or info at headlinesbook.com. We will post both messages, voicemails as well as written unless you request otherwise. But we're interested in what the Eilam has to say. I want to speak about a third point. There's a strong likelihood that we will have a Democratic president, and there will be many people running around the White House whose opinions are not necessarily our own. They're pro-LGBTQ. They are, uh, for the most part, many liberals. Somebody said, you know, he knows there are many liberals who don't know a single God-fearing person. Pro-abortion, whatever else they bring with them. How do we deal with it? So the question is, what chinuch does the Torah give us, and what do we give our children about dealing with people who disagree with us, you know some yeshivas give unfortunately some parents give a very bad example here 's one listener who 's Miss Samir you know in the beginning of corona or during corona. Yeshiva University closed down because of the spread of the disease, and here 's one young man 's reaction
1: yeah we're to see this that while you close down it 's a big you college. no one ever needs it, no one wants it the worst thing in Kali Yisrael, we're happy it's not around, I don't know why you're good, it's good coronavirus got around to there, it's a very bad thing, I'm not saying coronavirus is a good thing, but it's good to get out to the right people, we're happy that why you shut down.
0: I would suggest that the Torah has uh, more mature and wiser solutions than this. Two weeks ago in the parasha, the story of the Doir HaFlaga, an astonishing netziv, it was like Mashiach Titan. Everybody got along. Safa To the point, what did they do? You know, all buildings prior to the Darafluga were made out of stones, but the Darafluga said, you know, stones. Every stone is an individual. Do you ever see two stones that are exactly the same? It's however, they were chiseled out of a mountain. However, they fell off, right? So they created something new. What did they make? Hava. What did they say? Nilbana levenim. They made a new thing, a, a brick. A brick is you grind it, the stone into powder, into sand, put in mortar, put it in a form, and they all come out like cookies out of a machine. Identical. This was incredible. We talk ke'ish echad b'levechad. There it wasn't Ki echad b'levechad. It was ish echad levechad. But something very strange happens. Vayayr Hashem, Vayayr Hashem liray, says Amigdal. And he says, "Heinam mechad v'saf echas He's very unhappy about it. So Rashi says, "Upshot, that uh, not all people." Rashi has upshot, and Nitziv goes with a different derech. And Nitziv says, "You know what? It's true that achdus is wonderful, but what happened to the concept of adam nivra yechidi? What happened to individuality?" What happened to your personal gifts? The way you are unique. Every person is a one-time event. What happened to that? So the Nitzv says, you know, that type of achtas, the clone-like achtas, the Rabbi Nishom doesn't want that. You know, what did communists call it? Khrushchev says, let's destroy the cult of individuality. Nitzv says, God forbid, Rabbi Nishom wanted yechidim, What's the individuality when we say a totally different individuality? You ever go to a symphony? You hear a song on uh, you know, a, an orchestra? Every instrument is different being played by a different person but it's created a beautiful melody. When we talk about aguda echas, the luluv, the esrig, the hadas, each one is different but it creates an aguda echas. We want one created from a variety, from diversity, from a rainbow. We don't want the one of clones. I think this is really important because you know there are people who say, I want all my kids to be identical. Well, you know what? Kids aren't identical. You know, according to Myers Briggs, Genetically, there are 16 different personality types. and you try to have the person who's the extrovert who has you know loves to get out and do things, who's only entertained by a you know a, 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 a extrovert in a big variety of interests. and then you have the introvert, the person who could study one thing, sit on one point all day, try to get them to do the same thing. It's suicide. and that's genetic to 16 personalities. So the tyrant doesn't want everybody levanim. This is how the native learns. He They want a symphony, all the colors of the rainbow, together, creating something amazing. So your children are different. They're supposed to be different, but can they build bridges among themselves? Can they draw a circle that they can all live in and bang their drums and their horns and their guitars all at the same time and make a song? And what does that mean? That means... The Yidin from their beginning are malumid in Ishechad Belevechad at the same time as Adam Never Yechidi. We are malumid in not being the same on building bridges. And what does that mean? It's family. It's you move to Tom's River. There's somebody next to you who's from a different religion, a different race. A di- we know how to build bridges. We can still create a community. We can still get along. We can be michabit each other despite our differences. And the same thing, we have a different party, we can go into lockdown mode, we can go into bunker mode, dig the trenches, pull down the tree sim. or we could say, you know what, from the beginning, we are supposed to be a nation of Yechidim, a nation of Yechidim, and we know how to get along with so many people who are so different from us. This is what we're malumid in. Do you know that the Baruch HaShulchan, in his Hagdama to so the Shulchan Aruch, he writes something. He says, you know, the Jews are always arguing. I remember well, years ago they brought a, a reporter to Lakewood and she walked in and she said, why is everybody screaming at each other into the base Medrash? The uh, Aruch HaShulchan writes, he's call Kol machloikis, Tanoim amaroyim, hapoiskim. Zois That's the beauty of our taira. nikrashira. It's all a Shira. The the beauty of a song is mishunim the ability to debate, to discuss, to understand, to find the bridges. are you're different and I understand you and I can respect our differences. So am I intimidated? I'm not intimidated. I'm Jewish, I could speak to anybody, I can build a bridge to anything. I can always put myself for a moment in the other person's shoes and understand where he's coming from. And that's what the Arach HaShulchan calls. Tiferes Hashir Kishakolosh Mishunim Zais Hi tiferes I want to ask the riddles of the week. I'm going to ask two riddles this week. Vayere of Hashem, the Rebbeinu Shalom comes to Avram in a Mara nevua. and a minute later he sees the three guests. Vayar vayoratz lekrasam. How could he? So Rashi says, you see from here a tremendous klal. We. So I ask you a question: If you're in the middle of shmanesre or oimid laftne melech, it's not nearly. It's not even a bavua. de bavua. A sixtieth, a sixth, a thousandth of Avram, Amara Avu, in front of Kaviyachal, and you, you're davening, and somebody comes by, excuse me, uh, Mr. Friedman, uh, Mr. Lichtenstein, Rabbi Jacob, whatever it may be, and he says, um, can I have a cup of coffee? I'm passing, I'm an Eirach. Could you give me dinner in your middle of Rafa'inu? Do you close your Siddha and run to take care of the Eirach? Shukharach says, not like that. Right? If it's not, wouldn't be Sakonis Tafashis, you're not allowed to do it. How could you not do that? It's a Beferrish Apostol. Here's a Mara Hanavua. He's Oymid L'Fnei HaMelech. And we Darshan. G'doyal l'Hachd'Nes HaSerchev. Y'Yisim E'Kabalos That is riddle number one. Riddle number two. mat mayim V'Racha Tzuragleichem Rashi says why? V'aravim the Arabs. M'shtachfim L'Ovak Sh'tach Baraglayim. They bow to the dust. It was an Avayda he, washed, he had them wash it off. It says, Avram ran to them. He bowed down. The allah is, you see, by Mordechai right? he didn't bow in front of Haman. The Chazal say, there was an Avodizara. He wouldn't bow. He didn't want to be misunderstood that he's bowing to Avayi Well, according to Rashi, they had an Avayi on them, and Avram is bowing to them. How is Avram allowed to be? By Those are our two riddles. Be'ezer Hashem, we're going to be coming out sometime in the next few months with a Headlines 3, and if you have the answer, if we choose you as one of the correct answers, you'll be one of the first recipients of it.